This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Amen. Praise God. Mark chapter 4, the very latter part of the chapter, if you would please read with me. In, in verse 35, it says, The same day when the evening was come, Jesus said to his disciples, Let us pass over to the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship, and there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow, and they awake him and said to him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and the sea, and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was great calm. And then he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, and they said to one another, Who in the world is this guy? Huh? What? Actually, they said, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him. You know, this is a time of year, you know, when typically we pause sometimes for a time of reflection. Maybe you won't want to do a lot of reflecting on this last year, you know, maybe just kind of, yeah, whatever. And also, uh, it's a time when we give consideration to uh, the direction of our lives and the road that is before us. And in other words, where we want to go with our lives and how it is that we're going to get there. How many of you know you need a plan? It's like one minister said, you know, in the pulpit here one time, he said, you know, if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. Well, so, you know, those are things for us to give thought and consideration to. And so when I do this personally, you know, I like to think, first of all, about what God has said about my future. How many of you know he has something to say about your future, just like he does mine? And, you know, again, this is a scripture I use often, but, you know, I mean, if it ain't broke, why try to fix it? But in Jeremiah 29, 11, especially from the New International Version, he makes this statement, I know the plans I have for you. God has plans for your life. Believe that. And then he goes on to say, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. You know, there is a future in God. Now, you know, you might look around the world and, you know, I mean, whether you realize it or not, you're living in a world that has an absence of hope. But I'm telling you this much about it, that in God, there's all kinds of hope. Hallelujah. And we'll talk more about that as we move uh, through the material I want to share with you this morning. But as we're going to see from our text that we just got done reading and other references, that on the road to the future that God has for you, it is going to require faith, everybody say faith, in order for your future that he has planned for you to be realized. He wants it so much for you. Hallelujah, you got to get excited about the fact that the creator of heaven and earth has these incredible plans for you, and he wants more than you do to see it come to pass. You know, he's such a generous, you know, loving, over-the-top kind of giver, and it delights his heart to see men and women 
you know, accomplishing things that he has placed within their lives to come to pass. Hallelujah. It brings your heavenly father joy. Hallelujah. And so he wants to see it for each and every one of our lives. But faith in God, or, or, or we could say faith in his word, okay, will be the key component in seeing your destination or the dream that you have within your heart realized. Faith is what's going to make that happen. Hallelujah. You know, um, I remember listening a lot to the founder of our Bible school and the father of you know, so many of us, Brother Hagen, we call, we refer to him to, as Brother Hagen. He was talking about when he was pastoring a church and, and uh, you know, he was newly pastoring, just like so many pastors. I mean, the ambition of any real pastor that has a pastor's heart is to see people, you know, overcome, to see people grow, to see people, you know, move forward, to be blessed, all of those things. And so, you know, as a new pastor, he was, you know, uh, <clears throat> wanting to see that for his, his congregation. So he decided that he was gonna, you know, and they went to church a lot more than we do. I mean, they'd go on, you know, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday nights. Sometimes they'd even have extra services, you know, on Saturday nights. And uh, so uh, he started having these uh, 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 services and uh, he started having uh, people getting loosed services. And he talked about the wild manifestations of stuff, you know, that was crazier than all get out that mostly was in the flesh and not really of the spirit, but they had it, you know, and he went on for about three months and that wasn't getting it, you know, and the, uh, the novelty of it, it kind of, you know, waned and, and uh, it was getting slow. And so, so then he decided he was going to have deliverance services, you know, so you can come to church, get delivered. You know, and so he did that same type of thing, you know, and and uh, and unfortunately, you know, uh, nothing was really changing where people's lives were concerned. So he had loosening deliverance and uh, there was one other. Huh? Yeah, set free. I don't remember what it was. But anyway, so he does it for three months, you know, so now we're nine months down the road. You're going to get delivered. You're going to get loosed. You're going to get set free. And yet, you know, he said after, after uh, you know, about nine months of this, he said, you know, I'm, I'm there as a pastor living with the people, you know, and, you know, meeting with them and being with them. You know, half of them lived in the country where he was pastoring, you know, farmers, a lot more farmers. And then, you know, maybe half of them were in the city. So he'd go and he'd visit the people and talk to them, or he might go out on the farm, you know, and, you know, he'd walk down the rows and, you know, uh, pick corn or whatever it was that he was doing, cotton maybe down in the south in Texas. And, and he said, I discovered that for all of the loosening services and the deliverance services and all of the setting or getting free services that we had for nine months, it hadn't changed anybody one iota. Well, you know, as a pastor, that'll get you kind of disappointed, wouldn't it? You know, hooping and hollering's all well and good, but you know, it doesn't necessarily translate into changed lives. Are you listening to me? So he started praying. Thank God for prayer. And prayed and said, God, you know, I've done all this, not that, none of this and whatever, you know. And, and uh, you know, finally the Lord spoke to him after a season of prayer. And he says, you're trying to accomplish through prayer what only my word can do. And, you know, he went on to explain, you know, that you're trying to, you know, do all of this, you know, in some kind of a, a, a physical kind of way. 
and only my word will change people's lives. God has given us his word. And I don't think sometimes that we as believers, sometimes we don't place the premium on the, or the value on the word of God that we should. We don't really listen. It's just like this, this story here. You've probably heard it dozens of times. It's conceivable. You know, so, so as I was reading it, you know, you could have almost probably quoted it as I was going along. I mean, you know, you know, the things that were said and how the thing played out. But what's really important for us when it is that we look at the Word of God, that we're really listening to what's going on and hearing what's being said. And, and it's in that context when we seek to know these things that all of a sudden God by his Holy Spirit begins to show us and reveal to us things as it applies within our personal lives. Hallelujah. Everybody say thank God for his word. Yeah, because his word, the Bible says, will set you free. Now, the reason I say that is, is because a lot of times people, they look for some kind of an experience or something external to bring change within their lives. And that certainly can happen. God can do some really sudden, sudden kinds of things that changes things that turns your captivity, that makes the difference in your life, you know, so on and so forth. But at the end of the day, the thing that's really going to bring about change within your life is how you regard, revere, maybe is a better way of saying it, the word that he has spoken to you. Hallelujah. What is it that he has said? And see, the thing is, is when you begin doing that, you know, in your life, uh, you could be having marital issues. You know, it's just not as warm and fuzzy as you'd like for it to be or whatever, however you want to describe that. But you know, there's instruction in the Bible. There is a word from God to you in the Bible that will help you learn how to relate to one another. Okay. And you have to understand, you know, sometimes the things that God gives to you can be corrective. Everybody say, hallelujah. Yeah, more than likely, <laughs> because you know our tendency is to place blame somewhere else. Some of you know what I'm talking about. It's one of those natural tendencies. But the reality is, is that a lot of times his word, yes, it will instruct. Yes, it will encourage. But it will also reprove and it will also correct. One, two, three. Yeah. <clears throat> But if you really want God's best, then praise God, God's best is available to you. Amen. And that's important for us to know. One of the members within our church we were talking, I think it was in the New Year's Eve service, or after the service, I guess, we were visiting. And, and uh, he lives um, somewhere within the proximity of one of my classmates that I grew up with. And uh, um, so we were just discussing, he brought this up, and, and, <laughs> and uh, he says, yeah, I was, uh, I've talked to my, my neighbor, they've grown close, you know, for whatever reasons, you know, maybe it's in business or whatever the case might be. And, 
and he was just talking about this classmate. He wasn't, actually he wasn't a classmate of mine, he was a classmate of Jones, but you know, when you're a year or two apart, you pretty much know one another. And so he's, he's talking uh, to this individual that attends our church, and, and somehow or another they got to talking about the fact that, that, that this uh, church member was attending here you know, at the fellowship. You know, it's a wild thing, you guys. I mean, people come from all over the place to attend this church, you know? I mean, they might be from Atlantic. They could be down clear south in Shenandoah, you know, Malvern. I mean, all over the place, people come to this church. Well, you know, that seemed a little astounding to this former classmate. You know, he says, you go up there? And uh, he says, well, I sure do. Our whole family goes up there. And he goes, oh, yeah. He says, I know that Mike Elster. And, you know, and this is the way he described me. He said to this church member, he said, he was a real hellraiser. Now, I know you would never think that of me, right? But the truth of the matter, now, when this church member said this to me and told me, you know, what it is that this uh, classmate had said, um, you know, I was almost ashamed. You know, I mean, because what he said was true. And, and um, but I, that person, I can think of classmates and people that I would love to go up to and apologize to for who I was before Jesus rescued me. I, I, you would not have liked me. And, and the, and the uh, <laughs> I don't know whether it's good or bad or not, I would not have cared whether you liked me or not. It was, a, it was a bad place to live. But Jesus in his grace, you know, thank God, rescued. That's, that, that is the only word that I can use to describe rescued my life and gave me his. And it's the word of God that took all the hell raising out of me and put something hopefully beautiful into my life that otherwise could have never, ever, 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 ever happened. Couldn't have. God's word is a living thing. And if you'll allow that word to get down on the inside of you, and like I said, sometimes it's corrective in nature, but I tell you what, it'll change your world. Hallelujah. And that's exactly what it is that God wants to do for each and every one of us. So again, faith in his word is going to be a component for you and I to see our, de- our dreams and our destinations realized. And when I say faith, I'm talking about the fact that you trust in what he said. This is what he said. And I believe and I trust in it. You know, and then you follow the path. Everybody say follow. You follow the path that is then prescribed within the scriptures. You know, like the Bible talks about to put off the old man and put on the new one. And part of the old man's characteristics or the attributes of the old man was to lie. Well, it says put away lying and let every man speak truth to his neighbor. Talks about dealing with anger and how that, you know, as a child of God, the Bible says that the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, and peace. Are you with me? So, so these are instructions that we find in the Word. Now, a lot of folk will say, well, you know, I just can't, I can't do that. Well, that's not true. The fact of the matter is, is that if you have His indwelling presence on the inside of you, you are well able. 
Oh, Lord, I want you to fill me with your love. Well, he already has. God is love, and he's in you. You know, what really people are wanting is a feeling instead of realizing what it is that they already possess. And the problem is, is we're not letting the love of God dominate us. Come on. You know, and rather we're allowing our flesh, you know, maybe some carnal thinking, you know, some unrenewed mind kind of stuff, control and dominate us. And so if you're again going to experience his blessing in your life, you got to get your mind renewed to the word of God. And you got to say no to your flesh and say, listen, we're doing it God's way from here on out. And I tell you what, praise God, you'll have heaven on earth. Hallelujah. Now, you know, you might be, <laughs> you know, you might be a, 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 a few in a, in a big uh, 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 herd of folk, but you might as well be that one, praise God, that lets your light shine. And really, that's what letting your light shine means, that your life is being transformed. It's being changed. And you don't live like them. You don't live like the world. You don't behave like the world. You don't think like the world. You know, there's, there's a huge disparity between the child of God and the person of the world. There ought to be. Hallelujah. But I tell you what, that's what, you know, it's like when Jesus came, the Bible says the light shined in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. Huh? But it went on then to say, but to as many as received him, to them gave he the right, the privilege, and the honor of becoming the child of God or the sons of God to as many as believe on his name. I tell you what, darkness don't like light. But I tell you what, praise God, light. That's why he said, I am the light of the world. Glory to God. And that same light, that same life, that same love is on the inside of you. We just need to let it out. Amen? And praise God. Thank God we can do that. Now, the antithesis or the opposite or the reverse of that, you know, when we talk, talk about having faith toward God is the example that we have, you know, in Israel's promised land journey. Guess what? They, they didn't do so good. How many of you know they didn't do very good? And God did all kinds of things with these people trying to get them where it is that he wanted to take them. How many of you know that there's a plan that God has for you and he wants to take you there? Yes. Glory to God. But it's, it's his way, not ours. He gives us the instruction. He says, this is the way it works. Hallelujah. You know, you say, yeah, but that takes some work. That takes some effort. That takes some intentionality in my life. Yes, 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 and yes. It does. The Bible talks about in the scriptures about Israel, for example. It said, to whom did he swear that they would not enter into their, his rest, but to those who were disobedient. So we see that they were unable to enter because of, what's that word? Unbelief. Unbelief. I'm just thinking about the two guys on the road to Emmaus. And I don't, you know, I just... Just thinking about that whole experience. It was the day of his resurrection, and he had been seen by Mary and a bunch of the other women, and even the disciples, and uh, some of them, and so on and so forth. And he, um, these two guys were of their company, and they, had a, they were on their way back home to Emmaus, which is about 
I don't know, six, seven miles from Jerusalem. And so they're walking down the road, and Jesus walks up beside him. You know? But the Bible says that who he was was holding from them. They didn't know who he was. You know, and they're talking. And he said, what, what is this uh, you're all talking about, and why are you sad? They're bummed. And they said, well, are you some kind of a stranger? I mean, don't you know what's going on in Jerusalem and all the things that have happened? And, you know, and they started sharing with them, uh, or with him, I should say, you know, uh, the different uh, testimonies of the people that were around them and, and within their company. And this is what Jesus said to them. He said, oh, fools. Now, you know what, dude? That ain't cool to be called a fool by the, the, the master. Are you listening to me? He said, oh, fools. Now, listen and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Let me tell you something, you guys. God's living word in your life should be and is paramount. Are you with me? Now, when I was thinking about that particular verse, the thought that I had to, in that was is that he... he identified, I wouldn't say accused them, but he identified that they were slow of heart to believe. That's one of my goals this year that I have written down. I'm going to be quick to believe. Huh? I'm not going to sit around and pontificate and wonder and, you know, this and that and the other. But baby, I mean, when I find out that Jesus said something, man, I'm going for it. Are you with me? Hallelujah. You know, and, and that's such a, a wholesome thing. You say, yeah, but there's a risk in that, and you could, you could, you could make a mistake, or you could get it wrong. You know what? I think God uh, is still pleased with people that are willing to jump off the cliff and ask questions later. You say, well, that doesn't sound very wise. Understand the spirit in which it is that I'm saying this. You know, I remember when we first got saved, dude, I mean, we were absolutely nuts for Jesus. We had a lot of zeal, no knowledge. And we were doing all kinds of stuff, dude, and it was off the wall, it was crazy, and it was wrong, <laughs> okay? But you know, I think that there was something at least pleasing within the heart of God that says, at least they're trying. Huh? You know, they're moving in a direction. I mean, at least I can do some guiding on this deal to try to get them where they need to go. So I want us to be quick to believe this year all that God has spoken and that which he has declared to us as a, as a church and as individuals. How about that? Would that be all right? Praise God. So there's another uh, scripture in Psalm 78. It said, how oft did they provoke God in the wilderness and grieve him in the desert? Yes, they, they turned back and they tempted God. And they limited the Holy One of Israel. Now, I don't know about you, you know, we talk about limitless faith and, you know, there's no limit. The sky is a limit. Listen, there is a limit and it's unbelief that will keep you from experiencing the unlimitedness of our God. You know, we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Praise God. We're going to be quick to believe this year, right? Hallelujah. Whatever it is. Thomas is another great example in the New Testament. The Bible talks about the other disciples said to him, we've seen the Lord. But he said, except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails and put my fingers into the print of those nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. It's a bummer, dude. 
Huh? Well, <laughs> Jesus showed up. And the Bible tells us that he said to Thomas, reach hither thy finger and behold my hands and reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side and be not faithless, but believing. I believe God wants to change your life this year. I believe he wants to change your circumstance this year. I believe that God wants to bring you out this year. I believe that God wants to do exceedingly abundantly beyond your little pea brain can even think or ask. Hallelujah. I believe that God wants to do some incredible things in people's lives, to bring them out of poverty and debt, to bring them out of sickness and disease, to bring them out of harm and, and, and uh, depression and, and discouragement and all of the things that are described you know, within the Word. I believe God wants to set people free from being afraid. I believe that God wants to set people free from being anxious and worried and filled with care. That's what I believe. And the reason I believe it is because that's exactly what the Bible prescribes. That's exactly what he wants for you. You know, he talks about the burdens of life and he said, you were never designed to carry them. Come unto me, you that labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you more to carry. No, I'll give you rest. Huh? Cast all your care upon me because I care for you. Now, you know, here's the thing about that, you guys. If, if you don't believe that, it's not going to happen. Did you hear me? If he asks you to cast your care onto him because he cares for you, that's going to require you to believe him. It's going to require faith for you to do it. And the doing of it is when everything around you, the circumstances of your world, tell you otherwise. Huh? Or, you know, the voices of whatever, you know, are saying something else. But I tell you what, praise God, you can live carefree in Jesus. Huh? You don't have to, and again, you were never designed for it. You know? Like, you know, for example, when it comes to monetary things or resources, you know, for your life. You know, Jesus made this statement. He said, consider the, the lilies of the field or the fowl of the air. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that, that Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like, like one of these. So if God so clothed the fields which today are and tomorrow is cast into the oven, he said, won't, won't, won't he take care of you, O ye of what? Little faith. You know? So, so there's this calling that God is making to all of us. You know, now, again, this is something, you know, that we have to commit ourselves to. It can't be some casual kind of thing. Huh? If we come on Sunday mornings and get a good word from the pastor or whoever it is that's in the pulpit, you know, hallelujah, that's all great. But I'm telling you what, you got to get it for yourself. He wants a, per a personal relationship with you. My faith is not going to help you. I mean, I, I, can, I can encourage it, but at the end of the day, you need to know him. How do I know him? You, you come to know him through his word. Are you with me? So, uh, you know, another thing that I'm going to do, one of my goals, you know, I've been writing some of these down, you know, and different things like that. And uh, the, the other one is I'm going to get rid of the noise, you know. 
There's so much noise in the world, so many things that are being said, all these different kinds of things. You know what? Dude, it is an exercise in futility to listen to that nonsense. I mean, there's so much more for us to do and to accomplish and to be productive in than to sit around, you know, and, and again, you know, uh, look at all this stuff. You say, can you do that? Why not? Hallelujah, the people up there in Alaska, you ever watch that, you know, off the grid kind of stuff or whatever? Dude, they ain't thinking about that. They ain't nothing they can see. They can't hear nobody. You know, nobody's talking to them. I mean, they don't know anything. You know, I've, I've talked to some folk, you know, even some pretty close to me and said, I'm ready to pack it up and head up there. <laughs> well, you know, you don't have to pack it up and head up there. Praise God, you can do the same thing right here. So we're going to eliminate and get rid of the noise. Y'all glad you came this morning? Yes. Praise God. Jesus told these disciples, he said, let's go to the other side. So when it comes to your life, the same thing's uh, you know, being said to you, but here's the question, what does the other side look like for you? Because some people's other side is different from other people's other side. So you have to decide what the other side looks like. But here's the thing about it. God, well, Jesus, in this case, he said, let's go to the other side. Now, we know in the story that they encountered some stuff, but that didn't change Jesus' will for them and the disciples. Are you listening to me? And you may be encountering or you may encounter some stuff, but that does not change, listen, doesn't change the will of God for your life. It's an obstacle that has to be dealt with. So I'll give you some help here about what the, the other side might look like for you. How about walking away from the slavery of alcohol and drug abuse or addictions? You know, all through this thing with this pandemic, people have gotten all kinds of messed up, you know, and trying to, you know, medicate themselves and all kinds of things to try to run the other direction from the mess. Well, that's not Jesus' way. But now you've got people that are bound. Are you listening to me? Many whose lives are being taken, you know, uh, because of the hell that's been unleashed upon them. Child of God, that is not the path that God has for you. And you can be delivered. Glory to God. That's the other side for you. How about departing from the curse of poverty into a land where there's plenty? How about moving in a direction that removes you from the influence of disease and infirmity? There have been people, you know, they're dealing with chronic circumstances within their lives, you know, and many of them have had them for a long, long time. Guess what? God wants to change that. Why can't he? Some have just decided, well, it's just the way it is. I'm going to have to do the best I can. That's not the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Huh? But there is a word from heaven or a word from God that can bring change to your life. And we may have to pursue that to discover it, but praise God, it's worth the pursuit. How about this? Going to a place where anger or forgiveness no longer dominates your disposition. You know, there are a lot of unhappy people. You know? I mean, just the least little something and boom. That's not God. 
And I got to tell you, dear friend, if you're a child of God, that is not the disposition or behavior that he intended for you to have. How about walking toward a marriage that employs the principles of love and peace? In other words, there is no more strife and there are no more harsh words that are spoken. Am I in the right house? You want to have heaven on earth? Then you better put to silence some of these things because they may be your prerogative and they may somehow or another make you feel elevated, but it is so, so wrong. Are you listening to me? And really, I'll be honest with you, the only way to get out of that is to repent. There are a whole lot of folk that need to repent. You know, they want, you know, Jesus said, you are they which justify themselves. There is no justification for the mistreatment of someone that you have covenanted with to spend the rest of your life together with them. End of story. But we want to, you know, well, you know, but no, there is none of that. You can try to reason your way out of what it is that I'm t challenging you with today, but there, there's no escape if you're going to have abundant life. Am I in the right house? How about no longer occupying the place of fear and anxiety? We talked a little bit about that. Moving toward a direction in ministry, perhaps, or influence to bless the lives of others in a larger kind of way. That's what I'm after. I want to see how many more people I can affect with the gospel. Yeah. Amen. Setting out to build stronger relationships with people in your life through a thing called love. Hallelujah. I tell you, you, can, you could be the blessing of all blessings to the people that are around you if you chose to do it. And wake up every day and say, God, make me a blessing today. Don't make me a curse. Yep. He won't. You'll do that. You're good enough at that by yourself. <laughs> but you can't ask him to, to help you and make you a blessing. Those are some things about going to the other side. And here's the thing. Everything that I just got in mentioning is consistent within the context of God's will for your life. All of those things. You can have them. I mean, it's your deal. Hallelujah. Whosoever will. You know, people all the time, they'll say, well, you know, God, you're not this. You're not that. You're not doing this. You're not doing that. You know, how come you don't this? How come you don't do that? It's not God. The fault is not his. Thanks for your excitement. But thank God you can say, you know what, I know it's not his problem, it's mine. And I'm going to set out and do something about it. How many of you know you can do that? Everybody say it together, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Glory to God forevermore. Hallelujah. Amen. Here's three things this story tells us about our own journey and where Jesus wants to take us. Now, I wish that I had like two hours, but I don't. So we'll just do the best that we can here. And some of the stuff that I share with you, it might be, you know, I, I've been kind of nice up to this point. So some of the stuff that I get to talking to you about here in a moment will be perhaps a little bit more challenging. But listen, I'm not saying it because, you know, I decided I woke up this morning and said, you know what, I'm just going to make these people's lives miserable. And I tell you, by the time I get done with them, they'll be so mad at me that I'll just go home and get happy. No, that's not it at all. But I am discharged 
as a pastor to tell you the truth. And I'm doing it because I want God's best for you, and I hope that you understand the spirit of that. But, I, but you have to, sometimes you have to bring things out in really bold relief for people to be able to see them because they're not even cognizant of what it is that they're doing and, and, and not even realizing that what they're doing is displeasing to God. Now, maybe in the beginning they knew it and they were tweaked in their heart, you know, oh, I shouldn't be doing this. But the more they kept doing it, pretty soon it's, it's everyday old hat. They don't think anything about it. Well, those are the things that sometimes have to be addressed. So, so here, to set your mind at ease, you know, you can just sit there right now and say, what he's going to say here in a few moments probably doesn't even have an application to me. There you go. You're loosed. Maybe. Praise the Lord. Three things this story tells you about our own journey where Jesus wants to take us. Number one, it tells us that Jesus has declared within his word where he wants you to go, where he wants to take you. Hallelujah. Amen. We read that scripture. I know the plans I have for you. He said, let's go to the other side. It might be the other side of whatever the deliverance is that you need in your life. But he said, okay, baby, let's do it. Let's get set free. Hallelujah. It says that. Number two, on the way to his will for your life, you're going to encounter opposition. They got out in the middle of that deal. You know, we've been there in Israel, you know, and Galilee is a beautiful sea. I mean, it's beautiful, you know, but that same beauty turned into a monster. And, you know, after all, I mean, at the end of the day, it was just hell trying to destroy their lives. How many of you know hell is your adversary trying to destroy your life? And praise God, you might have to stand up in the bow of the boat of your life and say, peace, be still. Now, you know, evidently, Jesus kind of thought that the disciples ought to take care of this business by themselves, huh? But, you know, that was so far off their radar. I mean, to tell you, I mean, they couldn't even get their head rubbed. They said, who is this guy? You know, I mean, it was so out of bounds, and yet, he said, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? How I many of you know God wants you to have faith? And that's really the third point that I want to make to you in all this that we learn about. And that is that Jesus' expectation is for you to have faith, stay in faith, until you get to the other side. Huh? You know, I don't know about you, but I mean, you know, in life, sometimes you want to give up. Any of you ever wanted to give up? You got out in the middle of this thing and you say, dude, I just am tired of this, huh? But he's saying, don't you dare. You get yourself in faith. You go back to the word of God. You remind yourself of his promises. You declare, praise God, whatever it is that needs to be said with regard to your life so that he can get you where he wants you to go. Jesus said, let's go to the other side. Listen, hear the mandate. Hear it that he wants to do something in your life, being announced from heaven to you to change whatever it is that is unhealthy or unwholesome or is wrong. Poverty's wrong. Lack is wrong. Deficiency is wrong. Are you listening to me? Say, God, this isn't the will of God for my life. I know you've got better for me. Teach me your ways, Lord. Show me how I should walk. Show me what I should do. Teach me what I need to know. Hallelujah. Some people, <laughs> really? Yeah, really. Some people, 
<laughs> you got to be careful about being the delivery boy. Some people, you know, <clears throat> they got deficiency within their lives, but for some people, it would not matter how much money you had. You would go through it like water. There's a stewardship. Now, you know, don't, don't get all, you know, shot down and condemned, you know, and all of this. But the reality is, is that sometimes you've got to start plugging holes. Where's that scripture in the Bible that talks about, you know, uh, pouring uh, resource into a bag with holes in it? If I don't plug the holes, it doesn't matter. Are you listening to me? Are you with me? You know, I mean... Case in point, and I don't care, okay? If, you, if, if, if it's your deal, yay. But you know, Casey's, their stuff is so inflated. Oh my Lord, Jesus. I mean, they get four bucks or better for a hamburger that's made out of I don't know what, call it a cheeseburger, and sell it to you. Now, do I care? No, I don't care. But they have become masters at selling, you know, there's, there's this, uh, I went in to use the restroom and there was a little sign and it said, uh, uh, I think leaders, leaders in, the, in, in food service. So they, they've, they've got a goal to where you can't go buy their store without stopping, okay? And you can buy whatever it is that you buy. And again, I'm not, I'm not knocking it because I do it. I mean, you know, it's convenient. But if I want to plug up some holes, that would be one of the places I would start. Are you with me? Because I'm paying overinflated prices for stuff that you can get at home for almost nothing. You say, yeah, but it's so quick, it's so easy, and I don't have time. Come on now. You make all kinds of, hallelujah, you still there? How am I doing, honey? <laughs> She, she doesn't even have an answer. Glory to God. You know, I'm, I'm just, it's an example, okay? Don't get all, you know, knotted up. You know, Monday morning, a bunch of you are going, he told me I should, I'm not sure I'm supposed to go get that cup of coffee. Well, think about a cup of coffee. Small cup of coffee. It's a dollar and what? 80 cents? Something like that. You say, well, that's nothing. We'll take a dollar and 80 Multiply it by, let's say, five, that's 10 bucks. You do that, it's $40 a month. Okay? Now, again, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. Buy six or seven of them. I don't care. Well, you know, Spar Sparbucks, you know? <laughs> yeah, that one. You know, you talk about inflated. Yeah. Well, anyway. Am I in the right house? Okay, y'all doing okay? Listen to, the, uh, listen to the mandate. Let's go to the other side. In other words, let's remove ourselves from hateful speech. In Ephesians chapter 4, it says, don't ever let corrupt communication come out of your mouth. That in that and of itself will be a nice challenge. Huh? Let's, let's remove ourselves from destructive gossip. What did you hear? I don't want to hear, okay? 
selfish ambition, arrogant behavior, self-destructive behaviors, retaliation towards those that, that disagree with us. I'm, it's everywhere. It's in the water that you drink. It's in the air that you breathe. We're living in a cancel culture. They don't want to hear whatever it is that you have to say. Loveless comments that wound instead of heal. Just get rid of them. How many of you think that's a great idea? Huh? Now, I'm going to share this with you. This is that part, you know, I was talking about. But I, I want to share it with you. Because I think we need to think about this, okay? Just listen to the unholy comments on social media platforms of so-called Christians. Now, I'm not on social media. I don't have a Facebook page or Instagram or none of those kinds of things. But, you know, people, you know, will comment or tell me about stuff. It, and they're, and they're, they're, believe, they're supposed to be believers. But they're, what they say is so ungodly, so unholy. Are you listening to me? Hear the judgmental, critical, cancel culture cynicism of their voices. And when you do, you'll discover that we have a whole lot of growing to do. Yeah. There are people I know. And I'm, th- I'm thinking to myself, really? So, if, or no- if nothing else, be careful about what you post. Because yeah. out of the abundance of your heart, this is speaking. You'll also discover that a lot of folk have been sucked into the behavior and the thinking of this world. That's why I said, man, I'm getting rid of the noise. Are you with me? Now this is going to be... uh, (laughs) Listen to the unrighteous and the immoral innuendos. I can't believe some of the stuff I hear that people post. It's immoral. It's ungodly. It's unrighteous. And there are these innuendos, these inferences, or these insinuations of of people, and they profess themselves to be believers. Something's wrong, you guys. Are you listening to me? You say, yeah, but pastor, you know, you're just setting the standard too high. I am not. I am not. I mean, Jesus is the one who's setting the standards, not me. And, and so when it comes to this stuff that we see, you know, that people are, don't, don't get concerned about me, huh? I'm going home and having baked chicken. It's going to be all right, okay? What you really need to concern yourself is what he thinks about it. Are you with me? Here's what the Bible says. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither uh, the sexually, uh, sexually immoral, nor idolaters, or adulterers, or men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, swindlers, will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. Everybody say, thank God. 
That's what you were. That's not what you are. You know, not too long ago, the Pope stood up and said, you know, he began to embrace homosexuality. Remember that? Okay. That right there, along with maybe other things, was a decision that caused uh, a, a direction of decline within that church or within that body of people. When you make decisions like that where you embrace things that are wrong, you're going the wrong way. Okay? It isn't about public opinion. It's not about what is socially acceptable. It is about the prescription that we have in what the Word of God has to say and what God says is good and what God says is bad. Are you with me? And so it becomes imperative as a believer that we don't allow ourselves to think that way. Because again, such were some of you. But now you're washed, sanctified, and justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Paul said this. He said, all things are lawful, you know, for me, but not all things are helpful. There are a lot of things you can do, but they don't always really edify. He went on to say, all things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? So it's important for us. So if you want to go to the other side, you're going to have to start doing things his way, and I'm out of time. Praise God. Isn't that a great place to finish? <laughs> Just, you know, sear them real good. Singe the hair right off of them, and then cut them loose and let them go. You know, um, like I said, I mean, I could go uh, all, all kinds of things. Let me conclude by just saying this. You know, there is incredible destiny on your lives, our lives, our church. And I tell you what, we're going to do it God's way. And we're going to take up new territories and we're going to get, you know, things cleaned up. And we're going to do things the way that God wants us to do them so that he can get glory, so that we can give him honor, and so that, praise God, his blessing will rest upon our lives. You know, I tell you what, it's like that scripture we talked about earlier, you know. If we'll seek first the kingdom of God in the context of some of the things I shared with you, all of the other things that you're wanting will be added to you. How many of you believe that? Let's stand together. I need to stop. I could go for a while. Hallelujah. But we're at the 90-minute mark, and that's, you know, that's it. Would you bow your heads with me for a moment? Father in heaven, we thank you so very much for the desire that you have to see our lives restored but not only that, Father, the lives of others restored. And that, Father, you've called us as a church to lead others into a relationship with you. And so, Father God, as we mark this day within our lives and we give consideration to your plans for us, God, we know that you want to take us all the way to the other side so that your will can be realized within our lives. Father, I ask you, I, I, I ask you to strengthen our resolve, our individual resolve for this upcoming year, Father, to put away what is unhealthy or unrighteous and to draw near to and embrace what is good and is right. I ask you, Father God, to give us clarity 
in each of our lives and even as a church with regard to the vision and the will of God that you have for us in this new year. And Lord, I pray that you'll help us to remove that noise and be quick to believe, hallelujah, what it is that you have said and what it is that you promised. Father, I pray for those that are here within the sound of my voice and even those that may be watching over the internet. And God, if there's areas within our lives that we, we sense a conviction, I'm not talking about condemnation, Lord, but where we're convicted by things and we know that there needs to be a change, God, I pray that you'll speak to men and women's and even young boys' and girls' hearts. And God, let them learn from you. And I pray, Father, that they'll find a place of repentance before you. And God, that through that will come the remission or the removal of their sin so that life and grace and blessing can abound. While your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed, no one's looking around, perhaps even those of you that are watching by the internet, if you just bow your heads with me. You know, if you're in a place where you know you don't belong, I tell you, there's forgiveness with, with our Father. And He just said that if we would come to Him, He would for no reason turn us away. So I want to invite you that if you find yourself in that place, it may not be your condition, but it may be. But if you find yourself in that place and you say, God, I need a change, and I know that I want to do it, then praise God right there where you are and even here within the sound of my voice in this auditorium. I want you just to pray this prayer with me. Say it out loud, loud enough for you to hear yourself pray it. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today, and God, I am resolved to do your will. God, please forgive me for my wrongdoing and my misbehavior and my bad thinking. And I ask you to help me, Lord, to be the person that you want me to be. And God, I thank you for your strength, your power, and your ability to do just that, in Jesus' name. Now, Father, I pray for all those that are within the sound of my voice, and God, I, I just wanna thank you, Father, that you have brought them to this hour for a divine purpose. And I pray, Father, that in these days and weeks ahead that there will be real clarity given to them about their engagement, their involvement within kingdom business. God, help us to lay our hand to this plow in these last days, to be about your business, to not be distracted by the trappings of the world, or again, Father God, to be somehow or another, uh, again, distracted by the noise. But I just thank you, Father, for helping us to be clear-sighted and, Father, focused upon what it is that you want us to do. And I believe that, Father, in these days ahead, great grace will rest upon the church. And, Father, with it all, you'll be glorified. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Isn't God good? Thank you so much this morning, folks, for being such great listeners and hearing my heart and knowing what it is. I believe that the Spirit of God is wanting to say to the church. And I believe, praise God, that in all of this, He's going to help you and bless you. Bless your families. 
Cause them to be strong. Glory to God. Amen. Not, not weak, but strong. You know, with, with real resolve, live your lives in a way that honors the King. Amen. So if you want to just greet those around you, let them know that you're glad they came today. We look forward to seeing you. No midweek service this week. So we'll be back here together on the 3rd of January, Sunday morning. God bless you.